Welcome back, Bucks fans. You know, we appreciate you logging on to PeterPyrus.com, but myself, Mike Neighbors, along with Roy Cummings, we really appreciate you extra mile, PeterPyrus.com fans, checking out our podcast. A few extra bucks, yeah, a few and maybe more than a few extra thoughts on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as we are in the midst of off-season fun, Roy Cummings. We got through rookie minicamp. We talked about the rookies a few weeks back, but this is OTA fun, organized team activities. You've covered a lot of these. I know it's uh, underwear, and they're running around out there just kind of getting used to each other, but what do you make of uh, OTAs? You know, it, it, it is. It's. Uh, I think it was Raheem Morris who termed it underwear football, and that, that <laughs> phrase has kind of caught on, and, and rightfully so. I mean, because that's that's what it is. You know, football is played in pads, and it's hitting and, and things like that, helmets, and uh, now it's all phased in. You don't get to that point until you get to training camp, really. And uh, uh, so, you know, is, what do you get out of it? This is the mental uh, part. A lot of inst- what they call installment goes on at this point of the season or the off season, as we should say. This is the off season program. It's primarily designed. It's classroom related. There's not a lot of work on the field. That's limited. Um, but this is important work. This is where you find out, um, you know, how much a guy can actually learn in the classroom, and then because they do go out on the field and they they kind of walk through it more or less and then run through it, uh, the plays, how much can they retain and how much can they take on the field? And here's the other thing. Every year, somebody wins or loses a job this time during this, this phase. Interesting. Yeah, this happens all the time. I'll never forget my first or second year covering the NFL, um, Shelton Quarles won a job. Hmm. In, in in the offseason program. And they got to training camp, and uh, uh, all of a sudden, Shelton Quarles was a starting player. And hmm. I was like, well, where did that come from? Right. And where it came from was he had shown during the offseason workouts that he was the better fit uh, at that one position. It was a linebacker. And uh, this happens throughout the NFL, and it happens with the Buccaneers. Someone, um, we don't know who it is, is going to emerge through this offseason workout program, and it's going to you know happen pretty much without anybody really knowing um, as much, you know, despite all the access we get. And when training camp starts, you're going to suddenly see somebody out there getting more snaps at whatever position it might be. It could be a slot receiver. It could be a cornerback. It could be a safety. It could be an offensive lineman. Uh, Suddenly you're going to see somebody playing a little bit more and everybody's going to kind of scratch their head and say, hey, when did that happen? And what Mm -hmm. what you're going to find out is that this is somebody who really impressed the coaches uh, more from a mental aspect um, with what they were asked to do during off-season workouts, OTAs, and uh, then now they want to see them, can they take it onto the field and do it every day from a physical standpoint. So this is an important period in the off-season for sure. Interesting, because you know rookies, their heads are spinning. They were spinning in many camp, and now you're playing with the veteran players, so you're thinking a little more, and that's only natural. But you also have the dynamic about veteran players coming in here and learning their teammates learning the system. You have all these new guys, especially on the defensive line. And Dirk Cutter was asked this. I thought it was an interesting response. You know, what does he expect out of OTAs? And he says everybody's at a different pace. I mean, Mike Evans talked about he's so much more comfortable now, obviously in his fifth year, you know, in offseason workouts, in game conditions, every part of being an NFL player. But it doesn't matter how long you played in the NFL. If Mike Evans went to the Redskins next season, it would be a different OTA experience than it would be for him as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So you have so many veterans. We mentioned it on the defense. It's a different experience for them. Yeah, it is. It's different for everybody. The the rookies are obviously trying to prove that they belong. Uh, they're trying to get to know, you know, where the bathroom is compared to where the you know the meeting room <laughs> right. is, and compared, you know, compared to where the the 
the exit to the field is and all that kind of stuff. Veterans know their way around. Veterans will pace themselves. Rookies can't afford to. Guys on the bubble certainly can't afford to. They have to work harder than anybody else. And then, uh, you know, the other thing is because, again, because they're not in pads, this is the time when the athletes get to really show up and, and show teams what they're capable of. And this is when – when you get back into playing football for rookies, bubble players, things like that, big opportunity for them to show what they're capable of doing. And and again, uh, similar to what I said just a minute ago, this is where players, Quan Alexander was one. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Humphreys was one. These are guys who showed up during these OTAs and proved that they're a little bit better football player than people gave them credit for prior to the draft or whatever it might have been. Um, you know, Peyton Barber was one of those guys. And so this is important. So yes, uh, everybody goes at about it about it a little bit differently. If you know you have a job, if you're Gerald McCoy, Jameis Winston, you can just get your work in, so to speak, uh, pace yourself. You know you're going to be fine. But if you're a Vernon Hargraves, for example, mm. watch out. You know, mm-hmm. If you're a DeMar Dotson and, and you're off the field a little bit, you don't necessarily want that guy behind you showing so well that uh, he takes your job because that, that, that'll happen. They don't care who you are. They want the best player on the field. And if the best player on the field uh, looks like it's somebody different than the guy who uh, we would suspect would be at that starting position when the season starts, well, they're going to put that guy out there. This also shows me, and we see examples of this year-round, why the NFL is so big. If you had NHL OTAs or Major League Baseball OTAs (laughs) or NBA OTAs, nobody would care. But it's the NFL. And when they start – it's big news, Roy. I mean, it's it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal to many fans. One of the biggest stories this week has been Tom Brady right. not at OTAs. Now, the biggest story during OTAs is always who's not there. Yeah. And that's always an issue because you know people want, you know, if you're a veteran, you should be there. If you're a rookie, you absolutely should be there. You know, but these are voluntary, quote unquote, and, and so some guys don't make it. Um, look, I think it's important to be there. I think it's, you know, this is your job. It's not like you've got – Another job. This is your job, and I think you should be here. I think you should make sure that you're here, and I think you should. And so, yeah, it, it's it's news, but again, it's a long season, and the more you're out there on the field, the more there is of a chance that you could get hurt. And how many times? And we will see it. Someone today, there were a couple of guys not out there, uh, not practicing. They're not ready to go. Um, they're not ready to go because they suffered some kind of a minor little tweak here. They're working out, getting ready for this phase. But once you get out there on the field again, because you are trying to win a job, because you're trying to keep a guy from taking your job, somebody's going to go a little bit hard one day and he's going to tweak an ankle. He's going to, you know, a hamstring's going to tighten up on him. Something's going to go wrong and he's going to be out for a while. And if it's a serious problem, we see it all the time. You hope it's not your team, but every year it's not just, it happens certainly it happens in training camps certainly it happens in exhibition games but it happens in OTAs as well mini camps as well guys get hurt and then you lose them for a while and that's a bad thing so it's you really have to measure it and be careful uh, as to what you ask out of these guys and they have to be careful how much they really do give during these workouts it amazes me though the NFL people can say the ratings are down you have the anthem controversy but OTAs still get the love like releasing the schedule mini camp coming up it still gets a lot of attention just shows how big the league is let's talk about gerald mccoy we really focused in our last peterpyrus.com vlog about the defense gerald mccoy always happy always great with the media but i sent something with him when he met the media coming out and talking about otas mentioned his age i'm 30 guys you know he, he mentioned that he's had 13 defensive line coaches 
people ask about the defensive linemen that are joining him. You saw him tweet with exclamation marks, all caps in the offseason. I didn't feel that enthusiasm when he was behind the podium because I think he also knows, and he said this, you you media guys, the fans get all excited about all the names, but we still have a lot of work to do. He's seen a lot of faces come through one (laughs) buck in the last couple of years, Roy. And the thing I think that frustrates Gerald the most is that, as you said it, this is his 13th position coach. The 13th time someone has come in and shown him, okay, this is how I want you to, you know, get down to your stance. This is how I want you to, you know, to work your get off. This is how I want you to you know, try this with your swim move. He's never had any consistency. If you want to ruin a player, throw 13 or different yeah. or more, or even no in some cases, just two or three yeah. coaches at him. This happens to quarterbacks all the time. I mean, I will say forever. One of the biggest ways to ruin a quarterback is to give him two or three different coaches. One of the best things the Buccaneers have done for James Winston is to hold on to at least Dirk Cutter. Yeah. Because Dirk Cutter is going to be a consistent you know, uh, voice in his head um, that's going to allow him to hear one message constantly, consistently for several years until he gets established. Now, if Dirk Cutter proves over the next couple of years that he can't be a head coach for this team, they can move on. But you've got to get that foundation built for James Winston first. That's what they're doing. So it's important that they kept Dirk Cutter after last year. It's one of the reasons I never thought they were going to get rid of him in the first place and why fans that are always eager to see a coach get fired need to think a little bit beyond – Yes, I understand it's all about winning, but you have to think about, okay, how does that affect the overall picture? Or do you have a good guy in place, too? Don't just get rid of somebody. Yeah, don't just get rid of somebody to get rid of them because you better have somebody better in place. So in Gerald McCoy's case, he's been able to overcome the fact that he's had different messages and, you know, different coaches all the time. He still is is one of the best players in this franchise's history. I've said it before. I'll say it again. His name will be in the ring of honor. Um, And he's, he's better than a lot of people want to give him credit for. But you know what? He's desperate. He's desperate to win. He is in danger of finishing his career and never having made the playoffs. And I'm not saying that he's got one or two years left. I think he's got a good three, four, five years left. He wants to play until he's 34, 35 at least. He wants to do what Warren Sapp did. But he said a few times, I'm 30, guys. I'm 30. Pausing and looking at us. I've never heard that from him before. I know. and, and it plays into what you're saying. Though. Yes, and yeah. that tells me that not only is he feeling the, the effects of being 30, um, which is something the Bucks have to think about and how they use him, but he knows that the clock's ticking for him. His opportunity, he's probably past his prime. That's the worst thing about it. He may be past his prime, and he may know he's past his prime, and the Bucks have squandered the opportunity to, to turn this team into a champion around him. They've squandered that opportunity. It's not Gerald McCoy's fault. Get that out of your heads, folks. This is not Gerald McCoy's fault. This is the fault of general managers and coaches who have failed to put the proper players around him because he is – the centerpiece of a defense and a defensive line. And he just he knows that, that they, the opportunity for him to be uh, the Hall of Famer, so to speak, the guy who really did you know, uh, lead his team uh, to glory, is slipping away. He's, he understands that, and he's frustrated by it, and he doesn't want it. And, Roy, unlike quarterbacks who don't help the new guy on the block, like Ben Roethlisberger, you see what he's – you know, saying in Pittsburgh, you know, Gerald McCoy was asked about Vita Vea, and he, and he said, of course I'm going to help the young guys. That's what I do. And he also knows Vita Vea, if he picks up the learning curve, that's only going to help Gerald McCoy too. Yeah, you're right. And and that's why Gerald, again, that's why Gerald McCoy has always been one of the guys to, I mean, he is a coach. He literally is a coach on the field. One thing we see at these OTAs, one thing you see if you come out to training camp early before, you know, before the sun comes up, actually, before they open the gates or whatever, <laughs> you see Gerald McCoy out there with these guys yeah. helping these kids. He's always done it. Um, 
It was done with him when he was younger. He's carried it on because he wants these guys to be better because he knows this is a team game. It's not about just him. It's not just about the defensive end. It's not just about the cornerback. It's about all these guys getting better. And he's got skills that are elite. There's no doubt. But he's also got technique that he's developed over the years. And he has always been willing to take those little things that he learned, uh, you know, three years ago, five years ago, ten years ago, and pass it on to these young guys because if it makes them better, it makes the team better, and it makes Gerald McCoy better. All right, we're talking a lot defense. We're going to get to offense in our next uh, podcast. But I know you love the linebackers. The defensive line is obviously going to be better. But, boy, that's secondary. Brent Grimes is getting older. Vernon Hargraves, who who knows what to expect from him. You have these rookies. That's really – going to be the biggest question mark not only on the defense but maybe this football team yeah it is and you know we start with the OTAs and Brent Grimes isn't out there day one and and I don't have a problem with that uh, as I said on the on the Pewter Pirates uh, video blog uh, I don't have a problem with the veterans not showing up in some cases because they know how to pace themselves but you know what Brent Grimes has been he's been defying father time for a yeah. long time now uh, I don't question his skills. I don't question anything about him. Um, you know, I think he's hungry, just as hungry as he's always been. My guess is he'll be just as good, but what if he isn't? That's the fear. What if he isn't? And Vernon Hargraves, it's been two years. He hasn't shown us what the Bucks expected to see out of a first-round draft pick. I'm not anywhere near ready to call him a bust. Let's not forget, a guy named Rondé Barber was about three years into his career trying yeah. to figure out what was, what the heck was going on. And somebody finally said, maybe you ought to – what, what if we moved you into the slot every once in a while? How would that work? It worked out know? pretty well. Huh? worked out pretty well. Um, it takes guys time, even if they're first-round pick. Now, I understand Ronnie Barber wasn't a first-round pick, but sometimes it takes first-round picks time. You look at Alex Smith out in Kansas City, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a quarterback that every team in the league would gladly have. Well, let's not forget the first four or five years of, the, of his career, nobody wanted him. Right. You know, after after he got drafted, nobody wanted him because he wasn't doing with it. Sam Bradford, similar, you know, and it happens all over the field. So uh, Vernon Hargrave's not ready to give up on him, but he's got to show up because they just don't have a lot of depth. And look, folks, I know we're all excited about the new guys, MJ Stewart and, and all the all the young guys that came in in the secondary. But you know what? They're young guys who came in in the secondary. That's not a position where you can just step in and start playing and be at an elite level. It's very hard to do. It's not offensive line. It's not D line. You need to learn technique. You need to learn patterns from def- You know, from what what receivers do. To, you know, what, their their little idiosyncrasies. You know, these are the little things that make a, a player like Brent Grimes better at the age he is now than he probably was five years ago because he's smarter no doubt you get better as you get older in this game because you get smarter it's not always about your athleticism and and again you just can't count i mean think of the best rookie cornerback what did he do did he change his team and make him a playoff contender probably not so the bucks really need brent grimes to be at elite level again and they need Vernon hargraves to step up uh, because right now they're really thin at that secondary. They, they're better at safety than people want to give them credit for. I don't mind Chris Conti. I don't mind Keith Tandy. I think they're good. Justin Evans, I think, is going to be a stud. That's one guy who I would look at this year and say, that guy's going to make an impact. He's going to be the one who soars probably out of this group, uh, probably surpasses Vernon Hargraves in terms of uh, skill and ability and how he's looked at around the league. But overall, that secondary is still an issue, and um, they need a better pass rush to help it. No doubt that will help the secondary, but they're going to need all the help they can get. You hear Roy Cummings on a few extra bucks or podcasts. That's why we bring him in. He's our Buccaneer insider. 
my man, I appreciate it. Uh, next time we'll talk a little more offense. How about that? Sounds good to me. Let's All throw right. the ball around. That's right. Okay. Well, for Roy Cummings, I'm Mike Neighbors. This is another edition of A Few Extra Bucks. Please subscribe to pewterpirates.com and check out all our off-season updates. We're going to have more from OTAs and a lot coming up in the mandatory minicamp where it's always mandatory. Roy Cummings shows up for us as well. Until next time, we will see you down the road. Thank you.